0: this movie welcome back to a brand new episode of wtm watch this movie i am eric Mulder.
1: some of us pump and some of us slump
0: joining me as usual is mr positivity wolfie t
1: you want to talk
0: we'll talk i'm a sucker for good conversation what's up not much it's been a minute been a minute
1: yes it has I don't even know how long it's been. It's been like a couple of weeks, I think.
0: Well, it took me forever to uh, edit that Sandlot episode, <laughs> which is kind of a prerequisite for Avanzalion, but well worth it. A lot of raw material.
1: Although <laughs> I, I don't think you had a lot to cut out. It's just a, no, no. a lot <laughs> to go through and make sure it's A-OK. What somebody's, else? Somebody's car alarm is going out in the parking lot across the way. Can hear it.
0: I I can kinda hear it, but not a big (laughs) deal. Not gonna edit it out. I'm gonna trudge forward. So yeah, we are spending the month of May talking about our birthday picks. You know your birthday was at the end of March. Nope. Sorry, end of February, right? Sure.
1: (laughs) I don't want people to know when my birthday is. So you I might mean,
0: edit it out then.
1: In the first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's in it's in February. Okay. <laughs> it took me a while to pick a, a movie to, to do. Um no uh, Eric tried to pressure me to pick Norbit. Yeah. He's really <laughs> pressured you. <laughs> he he didn't explicitly say it, but like I knew he wanted to do Norbit because he's like just <laughs> pick any movie like it could be anything something that I would never let you uh, bring to the, <laughs> the show <laughs> yeah.
0: and what did you go with again
1: I picked The Wraith starring Charlie Sheen and uh, Eric's best girl from the 80s and 90s uh, Sherilyn Fenn that is correct
0: Ooh!
1: I love to jump on hop mmm
0: hard-pressed to find someone more beautiful
1: and nick cassavetes son of john and director of the notebook and ever and several other rom-coms of the
0: 2000s and a tremendous supporting turn in face off <laughs> cannot be overstated he was great in face off
1: he's a very good psychopathic villain
0: <laughs> hey sean how's your dead son <laughs>
1: Just wait until we talk about the wraith and the the scene of him and uh, Sherilyn when he uh, professes his love for her.
0: (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I'll I'll be looking forward to that. Maybe next week. And then we're going to be doing uh, my pick, which is Phantom of the Mall colon Eric's Revenge from 89, I believe. It's late 80s. That'll be a first-time watch for me. It is uh, lots of fun. It's another rendition of Phantom of the Opera, but it's it's in the 80s, so it's in the mall. It's a horror film and very campy.
1: I want to say the only version of Phantom of the Opera I've seen is the one from the 60s. Hey, you remember who like, was in that? Like, 62, I want to say. It's not a musical. But I always meant to watch the one from... Uh, the, 20, uh, the 1925 one, I think? Or 43? Hmm. God, there's so many. Probably three times as many as uh, Stars Born. <laughs> yeah, I think 1962 is the one I've seen. And it's um, Herbert Loam as the Phantom. Okay. Directed by Terrence Fisher.
0: Hmm. So yeah, that will also be hitting your ears in May followed by maybe another recently seen before we get into June in our summer block of movies. I was going to say, the next recently seen, I could just probably review
1: uh, all the Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the plan is to watch them all within the next two weeks so I can be prepared for the end of the road begins. Fast X.
0: And you've only seen Fast Nine, right?
1: Yeah, I, I. Well, that's well, right. You I, saw I've Tokyo seen...
0: Drift like eighty times as a kid because your brother.
1: I I've seen <laughs> probably about ninety five percent of Tokyo Drift about three three times, uh, in one weekend in uh, around two thousand five, or whatever that was, first on like HBO. But yeah, I I've never seen uh, other than the the ninth one, which I saw in the theater as a. Uh, member of the A list uh, i've not seen the rest of them the first one i i tried it i got about 10 minutes in and uh, <laughs> i couldn't do it they were all lined up there was like a hundred thousand people lined up on a busy city or like a, a big city street watching street racing and there were no cops nobody calling the cops and then the cops showed up and everybody got away and i said that's enough of that <laughs> they're, all, they're all driving Hondas with Underglow. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> maybe uh, you just don't put as much stock in a family as others do. Other fans of the franchise. Well, I didn't even get to the family part,
1: so I don't even know what that's about. I need to get to the ones where they start driving American cars. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe I'll, well, I'll be more interested.
0: In the first one, Dom has a, an American car that's it's his nine-second car. I forget what it is, but it's an American muscle car. Is it the same money as the whole the whole series? Uh, I can't remember. Because it, it does appear again, I think. I thought it got wrecked once or twice. I don't know, but I'm not uh, an expert. I've only seen about half of them. Those cars are indestructible. Mm. I just saw a trailer
1: for the new movie, and there's a scene in there where Dom is on the top of a a dam and there's two semi trucks driving at him, trying to smash him. he gets out of the way by driving off the side of the dam Two semis collide and explode. And then he, uh, he's falling down the side of the dam and then his car kind of just drifts back onto the vertical surface. And then he hits Mm. the gas and drives away down the wall sure because <laughs> that's how physics works
0: <laughs> hey it's uh it's not straight down it's uh there's like a, a three slope. degree angle yeah yeah so uh be looking forward to that i guess <laughs> I, I i'll find other stuff to review before we get into our summer block of movies which is 90s action that's what we're doing this summer 90s action movies yes We have not solidified the list as of yet, but rest assured you will get that list when it is available, probably in the next weekly scene.
1: Yeah, feel free to recommend some stuff because, like, we got a good, uh, Eric's got a good list of potential movies, and I'm not solid on anything yet, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a few where it's like, yeah, that'd be a good one to do, but uh, yeah, I'm open to, to suggestions from listeners as well.
0: All right, well, let's get into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Uh, You challenged me to watch Hatching. Yes. That means I need to go last, which also means you go first. There's only two of us.
1: All right, that's how numbers work. (laughs) Sequential order. It's uh, it's like math. Didn't think you'd be doing math on the podcast today, but... Mm. Anyways, uh, first movie for me is 2023's Bow is Afraid, written and directed by Ari Aster, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Patti LuPone, Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane, Kylie Rogers, Denny Menashe, Parker Posey, uh, Zoe Lister-Jones, Armin... Naha, Pesh- Naha, Petian,
0: not gonna work here anymore.
1: <laughs> Richard Kind, oh Richard Kind, see. yeah, Stephen McKinley Henderson. So yeah, they got a, they got a pretty solid cast there.
0: Is his uh, character on par with his uh, this character in uh, A Serious Man? I've never seen A Serious Man. Oh really? Okay. He plays an attorney and always afraid.
1: Okay. Is uh pretty ruthless but uh there's a bit of a spoiler in the in the synopsis here on imdb and i'm going to omit the spoiler okay it's probably not a big spoiler but anyways synopsis a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic kafka-esque odyssey back home there's a word you don't hear every day (laughs) kafka-esque i think i i think the only exposure to kafka i've had is i've seen a movie called the trial with um Um, anthony perkins which was interesting but i i don't know what's your familiarity with kafka nothing really yeah not really familiar at all i think it's an apt description from what i've known i don't know anyways so it's kind of a it's it's really bizarre very surreal but also extremely funny i was laughing so hard at this movie um i got to see it on the imax too which was great um i had to go to the one that i previously had not cared for although i was maybe a bit too harsh of a judge of it it was okay self Dale uh, the southdale one it was okay um although i think they had emergency exits behind the screen because they had lights on like behind the screen on the bottom of each side so mm-hmm. there's like a hallway going back behind the screen for some reason that was a little distracting but uh, the theater itself was all right uh, it's uh it might actually be the biggest one in the area as far as the AMC IMAX is
0: Really, I thought maybe Eden Prairie was maybe a little bigger.
1: I th- I every time you- I go to the
0: Southdale one, I'm just disappointed by the size.
1: I know. Well, it's I think there's more seats than the Southdale one, but like they're, I don't know if it's more compact. I don't know. It's just it's it's a different setup than the other two. Um, because the other two are like just like. I'm making hand gestures so our listeners can't <laughs> uh, the full experience it's just like one set of uh it's like one rectangular area of seats mm-hmm. and it goes like
0: a through yeah because it isn't the luxury seating it isn't the double seats with the tables or anything right. like that it's single like auditorium seats the yep. rockers yep the old rockers from about 15 20 years ago
1: And I think Eden Prairie and Rosedale, they both go, like, A through L. Um, But, like, I think it's a steeper slope, too. Um, Whereas in Southdale, it's kind of like an M shape. Like, they have some seats on the outsides of the aisles. And then, like, the back row has, like, seats all the way across. And then there's, like, another half row in the back for like handicap seating and um it goes through n i think so like there's an extra row or two of seats in the southdale one plus i think it's wider Hmm. so i don't know it's it's interesting like it didn't feel like i was as high up sitting in the back row uh right under the projector as i was like when i go to rosedale or the time i went to eden prairie so I don't know. It's interesting. I I like the Dolby better overall as an experience, but uh as far as IMAXs go, it's not you could do
0: worse. You prefer the blackest blacks.
1: <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> the sound that I can feel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now here AMC's uh doing another like a sequel to their Nicole Kidman ad. They already had another version
1: of it. It was like a Like, the the one they have now is, like, a minute or a minute 15 or something like that. And they had one that was, like, 30 seconds that was, like, similar but slightly different. And they had different movies that she was, like, actually watching. And they ran it for, like, a month. And then they went back to the the original one.
0: So (laughs) Those those parody videos of her watching other movies are hilarious. (laughs) But, so,
1: I don't know. I, I would suggest... I'm already in the theater. You don't need to sell me on the theater experience.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't need to see it before every movie. But anyways, Bo is afraid. I saw it on the IMAX, which is great because it's a, it's a very uh kind of visually interesting movie. Um, it's uh like I said, it's very funny. So like, if you're expecting like another horror movie from Ari Aster. Because um, he did Midsummer and he did Hereditary, um, it's not so much like that. If you've seen, um, what's this short called? The Secret about the Hender about the the you Johnsons know, the or there's something about the Johnsons. I think. The strange thing about the Johnsons, okay. it feels like that. Like it's very similar in feel to that movie. Um, so it's like kind of very like kind of colorful and just uh i don't know unusual like it it feels like a fantasy version of the real world mm-hmm. um just weird shit happens uh the, the whole way back to his uh his home uh to visit his mother so yeah i uh i enjoyed it it's one of my favorite of the year so far i don't want to give away too much specifics. Um, sure there's one character uh the character played by denny menache reminded me of vol sasso's character in drop dead gorgeous yes. <laughs> so you've seen that movie <laughs> um you may recognize the same type of characterizations <laughs> and um I will say, uh, I believe my my friend Eric Muller will really enjoy the amount of male nudity in there. Do some dick talk, is what you're saying? We we might have to do a full episode on it and get really <laughs> in depth on it. Um, I I don't like. I said I don't want to spoil any specifics, but like, you you're not ready for what you're about to get into. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's wild, hilarious. I don't know, man. It's 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 a trip. It's a real trip. So it's it's unlike anything that uh, I've seen in a while, and uh, like I said, one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, Top two or three, at least. Um, So it's not quite an ASAP at this point, but uh, I'm gonna give it a very solid soonish.
0: Soonish. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to see it i was also at the cinema this past week i finally saw john wick chapter four but you did
1: not have the dolby experience i did not that movie was loud as fuck on the dolby
0: say in fact i went to mall of america the old b&b two grapes one they did not at any time tell me to enjoy the magic of the movies so I was a bit disappointed in that respect. Also, the screen was tiny as fuck. <laughs> now, I understand this is movie's been out for a month or longer. So it's going to be on one of their smaller theaters, smaller screens. But this thing was like somebody's home entertainment uh, setup in their basement. Was it smaller
1: than the screens that uh, our friends Mark and Steve are subjected to over there?
0: it was smaller than that holy shit yes that is ridiculous yeah i was like what and the masking was off on the screen so the the top i'd say two three inches of the screen was you know the the masking was too low the black so the the screen was overlapping with the the masking the the curtain so to say yeah so the like two or three inches of the top part of the screen was projected onto a black cloth. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a movie
1: at Southdale recently where the trailers were like that, but then when the movie actually started, it was like the right the aspect ratio.
0: But like it should be set up for
1: the movie you're watching at
0: least. Yeah, it's 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 generally supposed to to do that. Once in a while, you'll find a trailer that's not available in both, or you just can't get it in time. There's some error. Like that's what happens to us once in a while. Um, just well, it was like it, it was but... like
1: the whole tra- like all the trailers. It was like they meant to uh raise it up for the trailers and lower it when like the actual movie started, mm-hmm. and they just like had it down the whole time. I see. Um, the Inver Grove AMC doesn't even bother with that. I don't even think they, they work. They just like you know <laughs> you're gonna have like silver parts on the top and bottom if it's not a <laughs> like a full 16 by nine
0: Yep. Yeah. uh so yeah with that out of the way I, I mean i guess i still want to support i want there to be a movie theater in all america but they need to step their game up yes now they also have screen x so you can't i don't want it to be known as a small screen theater because it probably has the biggest screen in the state with that screen x but they're right. kind of cheating because they have three screens in one room have you have you tried that yet not yet
1: i'm i'm wary of trying that because i don't know how that works
0: yeah they're i think they're they were advertising some sort of a special uh selection like they were going to show four movies you know from the past the past year or two over like a couple of weeks Hmm. come get the screen x experience that sort of thing i think they were doing top gun maverick again and a couple others but uh, I'd be interested to try it once, especially in a movie that I've that I've seen already. Something I won't ruin anything if I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I
1: just wonder how that works, because it's like... The screen isn't any taller than it normally is. So like, what are they projecting on the walls? Yeah, I don't know. Should we explain what Screen X is? They have... It's like they Cinerama the, Dome. The normal screen up front, and then the two side walls are screens as well. Mm-hmm. And, and they're they,
0: at uh, they're at a somewhat of an angle, though it's not have, like a typical box theater, you know.
1: And they have five projectors or some shit like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it works, uh, but yeah, there are multiple projectors and three screens, and don't know uh, what goes on the side screens that's that's what
1: i'm interested in i think avatar 2 was running there
0: yeah you know but um you know they, they got a bar there they got a nice selection of uh of uh food there is another drawback with the soda machines because it's a pepsi machine so i can't get my raspberry ginger ale Wow. Well, so that's a well, that's a pretty big bugaboo for me but get a mountain dew <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real person
1: <laughs> get them out and do like a real person
0: <laughs> uh,
1: i don't even buy st- food or drink at the at the theater i'm too cheap yeah like even when i want to i I go on the app and i'm like five bucks for a small soda fuck that
0: <laughs> 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 hey,
1: 450 for m ms no
0: thank you mm-hmm. i saw john mcfour with the wife at the 11 a.m showtime Oh boy. On a Tuesday. <laughs> and both our tickets together were 25 bucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> for so, a movie
1: that's been out for four weeks.
0: Yeah. unlike like generally Tuesdays is kind of like every movie theater is like, hey, it's five dollars or seven bucks Tuesdays, you know, it's discount Tuesday. Yeah. And uh and it was an eleven a.m. screen. <laughs> Forget the matinee. This was in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't uh they don't have like 25 30 minutes of trailers after like the scheduled showtime like amc does yeah So this movie started at like 11 10
1: that's not bad
0: yeah So this was an early movie even with how long this movie was it was over before two o'clock <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah enough about the theater B got to step their game up i guess but John, bring back John, the magic of movie <laughs> yes please Directed by Chad Stahelski, starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, George, Giorgio, Giorgio, Uh, Lance Reddick, Rest in Peace, Clancy Brown, Ian McShane, Bill Skarsgård, Donnie Yen, Amy Kwan, Hiroyuki Sonata, Scott Adkins, that will Do It, Synopsis, John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. So there was definitely heavy warriors influence on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You> Thank <laughs> some rival gangs and uh, uh, a radio DJ. That's uh, forecasting uh, or broadcasting all of John Wick's movements and <laughs> There were some
1: scenes that were lifted directly from the Warriors. Like it wasn't even an homage; it was just like plagiarism.
0: Yeah, well, they do a lot of homages to different movies and uh, types of cinema. I think they even played the
1: same song,
0: especially with the the, the international cast with Donnie Yen and the Hiroki uh, Sonata. and Scott Atkins is a he's a martial artist as well, which I don't know much about, but people on the MMC podcast and. Listeners of it heard them talking about uh Scott Atkins quite a bit on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I, th- I think our friend Walter was uh, is a big fan of Scott Atkins, but uh, anyways, he's not a fan of much, <laughs> yeah, but he is a fan of Scott Atkins. <clears throat> so that's saying something, yeah. There's a lot of fun action in this movie, it's pretty much like two and three, you know. I, I, I love. All the John Wicks, uh, I still like the first one the best. And I do not mind them doing the you know the world building, all that stuff. Makes it, uh, keeps it silly and fun. And it helps set up some of the action. But uh, I wouldn't say this is uh, much better than three or two. I think it's about the same. I, I think I rated John Wick like four stars on Letterboxd. And I think I've rated two and three, three and a half. That's what I. That's about what I'd say, uh, with with Chapter Four as well. Uh, the highlights were, bless me, it's the greatest <laughs> action movie
1: ever made ever. Uh,
0: the the Scott Atkins scene was great. He's wearing a fat suit, and that was like kind of a big surprise. I was like, what? <laughs> that action scene was pretty great. I really liked uh, the the whole club action scene in general. Was a lot of fun. They can't recreate the, the magic of the music in the club from the first one, but this one had some uh had probably the best soundtrack since the first one, I think. They even actually brought back a song from the first John Wick in the club. Kind of a synth wave uh, instrumental. But um yeah, it's it's John Wick and he's you know, he's hiding underneath the lapels of his suit, so he doesn't shot in the face and He's doing this whole Dracula. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's fighting the fighting the high table. There's a big duel involved. It's hit by a car pistols. about 10 times. Yeah, it's hit by a car many times. <laughs> falls, well, it doesn't fall off of a building, it falls yes. out of a building this time around. It's like the yes. third story under a van, I think, and then the ground. It have like, kills well, a normal man. <laughs> yeah. Well, good thing, you know, the van cushioned his fall.
1: Plus <laughs> he's <laughs> got that Kevlar uh, suit jacket on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, provides a lot of insulation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's it's a lot of fun. The movie's you know, so goofy. Most of the action is practical, which I like. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's uh, It's an eventually.
1: Eventually. I will say I've seen John Wick chapter four and I say it's a, it's a last resort.
0: Are there any of them you'd like, or would give an eventually to
1: the first one? Yeah. Okay. First one. I like the first one is good. First one's at least an eventually. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. The rest are uh last resorts. Okay. Although I will say, I think chapter four was probably better than the last one. And it might be better than two also. So it was it was a slight step up, probably, but okay. yeah, I don't know. Like it's got old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it it doesn't have the charm of the first one. All right, what else have you seen lately? I saw another 2023 movie called, depending on where you look, The Covenant or Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, hmm. directed by Guy Ritchie. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Dar Saleem, Sean Sagar, Jason Wong, Reese Yates, um, Christian Ochoa Lavernia, Bobby Schofield, Emily Beach, um, Johnny Lee Miller, Alexander Ludwig. That's probably good enough. Synopsis. During the war in Afghanistan, a local interpreter risks his own life to carry an injured sergeant across miles of grueling terrain. I will say this has a bit of a political slant to it, as it uh, it's kind of a commentary on the U.S. military's use of local um, Afghanistanis. Af- afghans i i don't know what do you call a group of people from afghan afghans it might
0: be uh well i know Afghans also a blanket but uh is <laughs> like a could...
1: spanish for spaniard well, i think situation. you could
0: also you might be able to say both kind of like in argentina you can say argentinian or Argentinian. argentine argentine i
1: don't know um Local people. The U.S. military used local people from Afghanistan as in- interpreters with the promise that they would get them visas to come live in the United States after their tour of duty. And they kind of screwed a lot of those people on that promise and, and never got them out of the country. And obviously with the Taliban in charge of things over there, a lot of them uh, were after the fact as traitors to the country of Afghanistan. So uh, a big part of the the story here is um, an interpreter uh, is assigned to uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's uh, group of soldiers regiment or I don't know I'm not a military guy I don't know what the group is called but uh and their their job is to go and um seek out Taliban explosive uh manufacturing sites. And so uh they kind of get lulled into a tra- or a- pulled into a trap, and the interpreter saves Jake Jellenhall's life, and um after the fact, the interpreter has to go into hiding uh meanwhile jake jillenhall's back at home convalescing and so he takes it upon himself to get not only the paperwork done to get this guy and his wife and their newborn baby out of afghanistan to the states but he sets up the operation to go in and physically retrieve him. and i gotta say this might be the best guy Ritchie movie i've ever seen wow the only other guy Ritchie movie i've i've seen that i really liked was snatch and this is completely different than that or any of his other uh you know london um mobster comedies or whatever he does you know i think he's putting out those types of movies with jason statham and um what's his name the guy who was at the Oscars that everybody was like pissed because he said he didn't want to be at the Oscars he used to do all the uh, rom-coms he was caught with well, a Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant yeah. yes so he keeps putting all these just like middle of the road like not very funny action comedies with Jason Statham and Hugh Grant and then he just drops this like really good war movie and it's, like, a straight, like, action drama war movie, thriller. It's not a comedy. It doesn't have his usual cast of characters. It's not set in England or anything like that. And it's maybe the best thing he's ever put out, at least from what I've seen. And it's like, well, if you could make movies like this, why don't you make more of these and less of those other ones? You know what I mean? So,
0: Did you like Lockstock?
1: It was okay. Like, like I've seen a lot of them. I don't know if I've seen all of his, but like every one of them, it's just like that's okay, not great, but um, Snatch was like the one exception where I actually was like, okay, that was a really good movie. I really like that. But um, The Covenant again, uh, along with Boas Afraid. I saw these two back to back on the same day. And uh, they're right up there for best movies of the year so far. So another really solid soonish for The Covenant.
0: Okay. Soonish. I saw another 2023 film turn into Brett here with all these new releases. <laughs> Air. Directed by Ben Affleck, starring Matt Damon, Jason Bateman, Ben Affleck, Chris Messina, Viola Davis. Julius Tenen, uh, Chris Tucker, Jay Moore is in here. Very bloated, Jay Moore. <laughs> I don't
1: remember. Uh, who, who did he play?
0: I think John Fisher, which was, uh, he worked for one of the rivals. I can't remember if it was Adidas or um, Converse. I think I don't he was know like one I of their. Caught
1: him. Oh, I, I don't remember.
0: But, uh... but he got engaged to Genie uh, Buss.
1: Yeah, that's right. I remember. Not sure if they're
0: that. they tied not yet, but um, yeah, oh, that was would. weird. Like, why would she? <laughs> how
1: did that end up happening? <laughs> but I don't remember if I saw him in the error or not. I, I feel like I, I missed him. Uh, I think that'll about to do it for cast. Gets to the back of Michael Jordan's head. You do
0: several times.
1: They do, they do the same thing that she said did with Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. where like you (laughs) only see him from behind and it's only like for like a second or two at a time.
0: (laughs) Synopsis follows the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. So this movie takes place in 1984. And it really drives that point home in very fun ways, I thought. Like there's a montage in the beginning of different things that happened in '84.
1: In yes. And,
0: you know, Beverly Hills Cop was in theaters, and it's telling you what movies were out, or what you know, uh songs were popular and things like that. Hulk Hogan beat the iron sheep. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's a great soundtrack. Uh, obviously I'm gonna like it because it's an 80s soundtrack, however. I would say this one goes a bit above and beyond to what's expected of a a period accurate soundtrack because like you could tell they just went to IMDB, they're like, okay, what movies came out in '84. So we're gonna put the score in this one. Because they put like score from Beverly Hills Cop in this. You know, it's not a it's not a pop song, it's the score from the movie. Mm-hmm. And they also do the same thing with body double and it was it starts playing and i'm like oh my god they're playing body double and i just re-watched that uh last week like a couple of days before i saw hair <laughs> so it's like when he's having the epiphany talking to ben affleck's character about the shoe and then when they reveal the shoe it's it's the yeah. same music that is playing when melanie griffith is dancing naked and <laughs> greg wasans watching <laughs> it's funny. the object I, of desire i didn't even notice that i did yeah that's great though, and that movie came out in '84, so it's like they're just like, okay, we need everything from '84. Let's really drive this home, <laughs> really place this movie in its spot in history. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Performances were fun. It was, it was a, it was a fun way of. I think I I read your review. I think of it. You were talking about how it's, uh, it it kept it exciting, like showing you events that you know the ending, but it still kept it interesting. Yeah, it's it's way more fun
1: than the story of recruiting Michael Jordan to <laughs> be sponsored by Nike should ever be. Yeah. And yeah, like like you mentioned, it's a you it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to sign with Nike. Everybody knows he signed with Nike. Like it's mm-hmm. the most famous shoe in the world, but like it's still like Built suspense up to it. Like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna go to Adidas? <laughs> is he gonna go to to Converse? What's he gonna do? I mean, he hates Nike. I mean, that was, they hammer that home with like Nike was like his last choice, <laughs> and then they keep throwing all these different things in. Like, like damn, maybe they don't get him. <laughs> like, maybe he doesn't side with them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they do a really good job of that. It's just like keeping you on the edge of your seat, even though, you know, like the, the, the story else.
0: Right. And there's a lot of things, I guess, surrounding this, uh, little piece of history that I didn't know about. Like some of the NBA's rules regarding shoes and colors on shoes and right. things like that, or maybe things I just don't remember. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. It's, you know, looking at the runtime going in, I was, I think it's like a hundred and 13 minutes something like that i was like mm, i don't know based on true story i would these movies are typically two hours 10 minutes or longer i was a little right. worried because sometimes that's a red flag of, well we didn't come up with enough good stuff to, for a movie so but um no it's good a uh, good run run time maybe that says somewhat to do with the foregone conclusion you talked about it's like well, we can't spend two and a half hours talking about something that everyone knows how it ends right but um yeah, the runtime was 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 great. Uh, it was perfect. And um performances are great. A lot of a lot of comedy. I mean, Jason Bateman is he's doing his typical thing. And yeah. um
1: it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be, too.
0: Yeah. Ben Affleck's kind of uh <laughs> he's, he's more funny with like like visually with the fashions he's he's wearing of <laughs> of the era. That's pretty cool. And it was Kind of interesting learning about Phil Knight in real life and Sonny Vaccaro. (laughs) It was funny. I forget. Did Matt Damon gain weight for this movie? Do you remember hearing about that, or did he?
1: No, I think that's just how he he, has been for the last several years. When he's not doing action stuff, he just like, you know, that's that's his body now. And uh, (laughs) they make. There's so many. There's so many fat jokes in there. It's (laughs) hilarious. It's like it's like so you're uh you sell athletic shoes. Do you, <laughs> ever, go shoes. The, do you ever go to the gym? Do you ever run? <laughs>
0: it's a running shoe.
1: No, no.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a lot of fun. Uh, right now, my uh, rating is uh, uh, that of the Sunish rating. Sunish. Agreed. Go out and see it Soonish. Yes, I believe. It's on Amazon
1: Prime, I believe. Okay, so it is finally released on Prime? I think so. It's an Amazon
0: Studios movie. Yeah. I
1: think it's. I think it's been on Prime for a week or two now.
0: Because this is the first one where they're like, okay, we're going to do an extended in theaters only release.
1: I don't think that's the the first time. Because there's been other ones. Like Honey Boy was on Amazon Studios a few years ago. and.
0: Yeah, but was I your... think they did... Um... At least since the pandemic, you know, they do a lot of like, okay, it's there for two weeks and it's only in limited theaters, you know. And this was a wide release in theaters only for at least a month. I can't remember if they were going to go 45 days or just a month, but it was one of those two. So and they made I think around 90 or 100 million. Like it did pretty well. It didn't make money in that regard, but, you know, they don't measure it the same. Yeah, I saw it on a Monday night. I can't remember who's open. It must've been opening
1: weekend or you know, the Monday after opening weekend. And there was a really good audience there for a mm-hmm.
0: Monday night. Like um, it did very well for a streaming movie. Like one of the best.
1: Cuz I think it came out WrestleMania weekend, so I didn't have time to go see a bunch of movies over the weekend. So, but yeah, it had a, it had a really good audience for what you would expect uh You
0: know, on a weekday. Mm -hmm. So uh what is the last film you're going to talk about? This is a brand new fresh
1: movie I saw this afternoon before recording on the Dolby screen 2023's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm -hmm. Oh good for you! Directed by uh (laughs) directed by who? Uh, our friend Zolly would call him known pedophile James Gunn. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. Allegedly. That's that's what other people might call him. Um some would say that Disney Studios or even Marvel Studios directed this movie, just like every other Avengers movie. With that article that Marvel came movie. out
0: about that uh what former Marvel executive that was like no, those directors don't direct these movies. We direct these movies. We as in Marvel does. Disney. I had seen that before. I, I wanna
1: say that that's thing, that thing that story resurfaced recently, but I wanna say that came out when Doctor Strange the new Doctor Strange was coming out. Mm-hmm. Because Sam Raimi Sam Raimi directed uh, Doctor Strange, but then like the studio went and like redid a bunch of shit mm-hmm. on it. And, uh, I think it came out then and he's like, oh yeah, they told me that Marvel just like directs all the movies and like the director is just there to put his name on it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, starring Chris Pratt, Chuck Woody, maybe that's how you say his name. I don't know. Bradley Cooper. Uh, Pam Clemente, Dave Batista, Karen Gillen, Vin Diesel, Sean Gunn.
0: <laughs> nice try, Sean.
1: Maria Bakalova, Will Poulter. Yeah, that's about it for the major characters. Snopsis, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe in one of their own a mission that could mean the end of the Guardians if not successful. Yeah, I saw the first two movies in the theater and I really liked them, I, which is a little surprising because I'm not huge on the MCU as a whole. Um, and uh, even like the first movie, it like. I thought the trailer looked awful, but I ended up really liking it. And the second one I really liked. Um, this one, I, I don't think it was as funny. Like, there's jokes in it uh, that don't hit. I think the success rate of the jokes are is, is much lower than in past movies. Um, it's also kind of depressing at times, because everybody's just kind of moping around and shit. And like' guess... I don't know. It's a different vibe than the the earlier movies in the series. Um, It's not as fun. We'll say the, uh, like the second half and specifically the the third act really um, lifts the movie up. Like the first half is just kind of meh in my opinion. And then uh, like the last half, it got uh, much better. And and the end, by the end, it, it kind of redeemed itself in a lot of ways. Um, and it it goes for more of an emotional punch in the second half. Um, and there's still some of the humor there, um, but it's it doesn't rely as much on the humor. Um, and it's actually better when it's going for that type of thing in the second half, along with the action and stuff like that. I still think it's probably James Gunn's best work as far as the whole, the trilogy as a whole. And I'm still starting to question again, like how much that is because it's overseen by Marvel and Disney and, you know, how much meddling do they actually do even though it's supposedly his work? You know what I mean? Um, Because everything else I see where it's, his work and he's just left his own devices is nowhere near as good so I, I think this new guardians of the galaxy not as good as the first two but i i think it uh like i said it redeems itself in the second half and makes it worth seeing um especially if you like this type of thing so i'll give it an eventually eventually
0: okay well you challenged me to watch hatching Which is exactly what I did. From 2022, this was on your top ten list last year. Yes. What number was it? I believe it was number nine. Okay. That sounds right. Directed by Hannah Bergholm. This is a, a Finnish film, right? Finnish or Danish? Finnish. Okay. Yes, it's Finnish. It also says countries of origin Finland and Sweden, but yeah, its spoken language is Finnish. So, anywho, the cast is as follows: series.
1: Okay, I'm gonna butcher the names, but uh,
0: Siri uh, Salalina, Sophia Hakila, Yani Volanen, Reno Nordin. Uh, I think that'll do it. I attempted four. You're not going to read the the brother? <laughs> <laughs> That's good enough. I mean, like, nobody knows these actors in America anyway. Yeah. Synopsis. A young gymnast who tries desperately to please her demanding mother discovers a strange egg. She hides it and keeps it warm, but when it hatches, what emerges shocks them all yeah I guess that's the synopsis I don't know it's kind of a weird way of saying it I guess I don't know yes so yes this is a horror film a body horror film so uh, a bird flies into the window this seemingly idyllic family with the mother vlogs yes. um uh, lets everyone know about this perfect finished family they have um but yeah a bird flies into their window while they're, she's videotaping one day and uh Appears to be dead after the mother breaks its neck because it ruined a good take. But uh, it, girl, it flew
1: in. It flew into the living room and flew
0: around and yeah, because like, it hit the window. It didn't,
1: yeah, it didn't like run into the window.
0: Syria or the main girl went to open the door and then it flew in. Sure, or open the window or whatever. And yeah, the, so the mom kills it supposedly and then disposes of it in the trash but then uh, the uh, the daughter awakens to the sound of crowing basically <laughs> uh squawking in the distance and that's the bird isn't in the trash anymore and she finds it in the forest and basically finishes the job with the rock put it uh, put it off its misery but there's an egg right there so she takes the egg to go take care of it this egg grows to a great size size of a a toddler, I'd say. And what it hatches is a freakish bird. Yep. And it's a practical bird, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Not really a lot of CGI used in here. There's some for the makeup and certain special effects. But I did like that they used uh, animatronics for the bird. Mm-hmm. So, yes, this bird uh, obviously has some affection for the daughter for uh, nurturing it and keeping it alive. And it goes and does its bidding. uh, The girl's bidding, basically. It's almost like an E.T. connection. (laughs) If E.T. was going to try and snuff out her competition. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, the bird starts creating a lot of havoc. It's a horror movie, so to be expected. Uh, I thought the first and second acts were much better than the third. I was really loving it up until the third act. Not that the third act was bad. I just thought they were a little inconsistent. Um, I would say I did enjoy it overall. Uh, much fun to be had. I always enjoy a good uh, foreign film. I, don't, I never see enough of them. So uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend this. I will give it an eventually.
1: Eventually.
0: And we will talk right. about it more in depth after we kind of wrap up the show. We'll talk about it more with spoilers. So now it's my turn to challenge Brett. Yes. A challenge. And uh, I'm going to get a little revenge from last summer because when I went on my little hiatus, uh the, the last episode I did was you had challenged me to watch a movie and I did. And then <laughs> you did three episodes of Stu. When I came back, Stu had challenged us both to watch a movie, which I did. And then the next episode, you challenged me to watch a movie. So I did three episodes in a row. Only two of them are from you, but three episodes in a row that I was challenged to watch a movie. So I'm going to give you a giant movie to watch uh, four hours. It's Nymphomaniac Volumes 1 and 2. It's like Kill Bill, but it's, you know, Kill Bill is one movie, even though it's two (laughs) volumes. I'm giving you a little bit of a break because I'm not giving you the uh, director's cut. I'll give you the theatrical, which is still unrated. So you're still getting lots of Lars von Trierness. Sure. But uh I don't know if I can stay up for 4 consecutive hours honestly. Well you can, you know, watch them separately <laughs> as I did. Oh, I see. Watch them separately. Um, but if I had
1: 4 hours to watch a movie, I'd throw in uh Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I've been <laughs> meaning to watch since I bought that over a year ago on 4K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, enjoy that. That's kind of a those movies are kind of a prerequisite to watch. Uh, the house that Jack built, which isn't what I'm going to challenge you to watch next time. Hmm. That, that it's my turn to pick. So, yes, that's what I'm doing. Nymphomaniac, lots of sex, lots lots of body doubles, seamlessly cut into the film. <laughs> so th- th- we would do uh, like a three part episode on TikTok if we did one for Nymphomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be talking Shia LaBeouf. Jeez. Willem Dafoe is in here, but I don't think he shows his penis. One of the few people in the movie that doesn't show a penis, I think. You know, I'm starting to realize he doesn't show Dong nearly as much as I thought he did. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, three times more than most any other actor, though. Just just seems like he does. (laughs) But uh, yeah, enjoy that. Um, So before we get into spoilers for hatching, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can get some lovely WTM merch. Support the show. You can head over to wtmwatchthismovie.creator-spring.com. You can also support the show by uh, subscribing or rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, many other podcast apps. You can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at WatchThis_UnderscoreMovie or at Positively wolf one which is the same as his Letterboxed profile. Mine is under eric_molder So yeah, check us out there. Now for hatching, yeah, I guess my my main problem, if you want to call it with that, is uh, you know, obviously it's an allegory, the metaphor, yeah, it's, it's a, visual a very metaphor. metaphor, very metaphorical, but they you know they try to. Try to go the route of ambiguity and say, is, it, is the bird real or not? When in fact, it, with, what they show you is very much like, yeah, it's real. <laughs> but they, I thought they could have done a better job of making it ambiguous, making you question if the bird is real or not. I mean, you still can, but there's a couple of scenes that make it very clear that it is, like, otherwise the scene doesn't make sense if the bird isn't real. But unless they're telling it to you out of order.
1: Well, I don't know if they ever, like, I don't know. Like they don't they don't really like explicitly kind of mislead you into thinking the bird's not real, I think.
0: Well, you could be led to believe that the girl's herself is doing all of those things. Kind of. I believe that's what they're at least going for, but um you know at least you're supposed to be able to read it that way. Because you know, the egg and the bird can be a metaphor for mental illness and other well, a- everything is about trauma, right, Brett? <laughs> True. <laughs>
1: I I thought it was kind of a metaphor for uh, puberty. Yeah, that's another one. Um, I don't know if you can hear. I don't know if somebody in the garage is bumping their bass real loud or what, but it's just fucking driving me nuts right now. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't know. Because it, it's basically the, the the bird has a mental connection with the girl, and it's it's like her what do they call it the super ego or whatever the id it's like the id or like it it's unchecked it does whatever it wants whenever it wants yeah and so it uh you know she's jealous of the neighbor and so it attacks the neighbor she's uh mad at the dog next door, so it goes and kills the dog uh Mm -hmm. because it bit her right she's mad at her brother so it goes after the brother yeah stuff like that um And then eventually it's just like, it becomes her (laughs) and that's it, you know, and that's the teenager that you're stuck with. Yeah. Is, uh, this, this thing that's kind of taken on, like you said, all the trauma and all the bullshit from the mom and Mm -hmm. speaking of the mom, oh my God, what a terrible mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She sucks.
1: (laughs) She's, uh, she's cucking her husband. Mm hmm and then uh um, was just
0: more than happy to be cucked
1: oh my god like the scene the scene where he's playing the guitar and she comes the girl comes in and uh he's like did your mom tell you about her uh vlogging trip and like the girl was gonna tell him like "Well, she go on a vlogging trip she went and stayed the weekend with her boyfriend but she can't she doesn't have the heart to tell her dad that she's like oh yeah she said it was a good weekend and Oh that's nice I bought a new guitar
0: (laughs) He can't even talk to his daughter Like anything else Okay Put the headphones back on And back to strumming away
1: He's got no relationship with her
0: Yeah, uh, And the son is just a little little lookalike For
1: the dad Mm -hmm. And then like the the mom Is like telling the daughter Like oh this guy He's so great I've never felt loved before (laughs) (laughs) it makes me happy. I'm going to leave the family for him.
0: Yeah, that's uh, another way it kind of leads into mental health, which is, you know, the the parents are terrible. Borderline abuse, if you want to call it that, or neglect at the very least. And she doesn't express herself. She doesn't uh, express her feelings. Right. She keeps everything bottled in until it basically erupts. And also the, the throwing up, the feeding the bird, that's also could be seen as bulimia. Yeah. So she could have multiple mental health issues kind of coinciding at once. I loved where I was going. And then I was like, well, if you're making it am- ambiguous, it's you're not doing the greatest job. But because there are certain things where unless they're showing it to you out of order, like it can't happen because it's, you know, the, the daughter feels and feel what the bird is feeling, basically. Right. Or she can sense what the bird's going to do. And so it's like when it attacks, I think, the, the other gymnast, she's in a car with her mom. So it's like quite literally not a, not possible for her to be attacking the gymnast if she's in the car with her mom while this is happening. Right. So it has to be a physical bird.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know if it was meant to be ambiguous because like obviously, like, everything that happens has to happen because they're two separate entities. Yeah. Right. Um. Like even at the end, like she's jealous of the the boyfriend's daughter um who, who's like a an infant mm-hmm. and while she's at the gymnastics uh, competition, like she she starts feeling the other her wanting to attack the baby mm-hmm. and so she injures herself intentionally to stop
0: her, yeah, but the thing is the the de- uh, the the father of the baby the the boyfriend taro is his name yeah he is so dead set that it's her and not the doppelganger cuz cuz plus at the time the bird hadn't fully i guess transformed into it had, like somewhat but there was still like a break in the in the beak yeah the face and like he sees her playing his day and he's like it was you and she, you know the mom is like well she was with me you know cuz i think they were driving there yeah and he's i don't still know like if, uh... I don't know if That's he ever got a good look at
1: her, though. Like, yeah. like, he got, like, a glimpse, and I don't know if it would have been enough to get a good look at her and notice, like, oh, shit's different about her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he, like, he was confused, too. He was like, well, I, I don't know how she did it. She was back in the house, and, you know. Like, well, we were at the gymnastics thing. I was live-streaming it. Like, it couldn't have been her. He was the nicest character in the movie. Yeah, he was the only one that like cared.
0: And she or, even uh like, she heard him before attention. when uh she was slamming his hand in the door and he's like forgave her right away after that. He was still fine, like he talked to her and yeah you no know, that's what he's talking to the mom, like she has some issues. Uh, you know. Well
1: he caught her throwing up, so she he thought she had uh eating disorder.
0: Yeah. Um the mom's pushing her so hard. Uh she's gotta be you know, thin, skinny for it to be a, a great gymnast, be a great athlete, like she almost was. Because what she was yeah. like a figure skater and she broke her ankle or something. Well,
1: she had uh I don't know. She had a scar along her thigh, like all the way down her thigh. So I don't know if she had like a, a broken femur or something like it was it was some kind of like upper leg injury. Like yeah, that's right. she's living vicariously through her daughter and pushing mm-hmm. her to be Better than she actually is.
0: Yeah. Um, so it kind of leads into like the bulimia probably being real and not just feeding the bird. You know, she's under so much pressure to, uh, well, and she, you can tell she doesn't even like gymnastics.
1: Yeah. Well, she, she knows she's not that good at it mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to disappoint her mom, but like, you know, she keeps getting pushed to do more and more and more. And then her mom's, you know, doing the vlog and everything's got to look perfect you know, mm-hmm. it's so phony baloney, like just like all the stuff on the internet. You know, she's got her perfect family at home, and then she's going cheating on her husband on the weekends. And her husband doesn't even care. He's just like you know, he he's the true definition of a beta cook. <laughs> so but yeah, like again, it's hard to tell. Like, I don't know, you mentioned all the the trauma and stuff and the eating disorder. And it's like, in this movie, it seems like very literally like there's another entity that basically replaces the first daughter. And yeah, I don't know, like some of that stuff, I guess, is is technically a metaphor because it's like all this stuff is going into the child and then what you get out of it, the child is, you know, the result of that um Mm. and so you basically kill the innocent child and you get this traumatized teenager uh you know uh, at the other end of it and like they're a product of all this shit that the child had to deal with so i don't know i thought it was interesting um i remember seeing it in the theater and it was like this is pretty wild you know yeah (laughs) like I actually liked the end. So I think that's kind of where we differ. I, yeah, I didn't I,
0: yeah. I didn't hate the ending. I was just like, I thought the first and second act were so good that I was, you know, let down a little bit by the third act. Right. It definitely yeah, would have been as soon as shift would have stayed on on the level I, of the first two acts.
1: And I think when I saw it on the theater, I, I actually liked the ending the best. Yeah. So, yeah, again, I think that that might be a slight difference in our uh, opinions of it. But yeah, worth watching. I, I would recommend yeah. it to everybody. Definitely. Um, Anything else you want to talk about with hatching? I think we covered pretty much everything. I don't know if we...
0: Daughter gets stabbed at the end. That's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yes. The dad thought she had her period, and so he's like, oh, just uh, never
0: mind. I forget. So did did the daughter jump in the way of the blade to protect the bird, or... Did the mom so. mistakenly stab her thinking it was, she was the bird. No, I think the daughter jumped in the way because um, I couldn't remember that part. I had a little bit
1: of the itis towards the end. So, cause I think the daughter, so like when, when the, the bird girl got stabbed, the daughter was feeling it. And so she was trying to stop the mom from stabbing her. And then the mom ended up stabbing the daughter instead. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, now now the other ones have full power. And it's just like, well, nobody knows the difference. This is our daughter now.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that'll do it. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Later. Wait, man,
1: why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you off my case.